Welcome to the third in this podcast series of the Paula Ralph Health Show. And I'm going to be discussing what it might be like to not be a sheeple. I can show you the road, but it is for you to walk it. Now that showed up in a Facebook feed of a friend of mine today, and it really got me thinking that so many people are not even able to see that there is another road once they are shown it. And this is because we have our beliefs, and those are the rules that we live by. We all have our own set, and in the last podcast, I mentioned that they were given to us by our teachers, by our parents. But it might be that we want to change them. There's a story about Leon Festinger. It's actually not a story, it's a whole experiment. And he read a story in their local newspaper called Prophecy from Planet Clarion, Call to City, Flee the Flood. Now, this was in about 1954, so it was a long time ago. Now, this woman was a Chicago housewife, and she reckoned that she had downloaded this information from Clarion that the world was going to end. Now, Leon Festinger and his colleagues thought this would be a super interesting case. And he went off and joined the community of people who would be um, involved in saving the world, or maybe not saving the world, but escaping the world in a spacecraft that was promised to land. Now, on the 20th of December, the group decided they didn't want publicity and they were only interviewed grudgingly. Only certain people were allowed into this house of this woman and that's where she would tell her people, her followers, what was going to happen, that this spacecraft was going to come down to the top of this mountain and all the believers would be scooped up into the spacecraft and whisked away, thereby saved. So on the December the 20th, the group were expecting this visitor at midnight. As midnight approached, strangely enough, the aliens were not interested in zips, bra straps and other objects, so they got discarded and the group waited. Midnight strikes. At 12.05am on December the 21st, there is no visitor. Someone in the group notices that there is a clock that shows that it's 11.55. And the group goes, yeah, that's not yet midnight. That's why they're not here. And then at 10 past 12 a.m., the second clock stroke struck midnight, but there was still no visitor, no spaceship. Well, the group was sitting in stunned silence because the disaster that was going to strike Earth is no more than now seven hours away. At 4 a.m., this group has been sitting in stunned silence. And there are a few flaky attempts at finding explanations about why it's failed. Some of these people start to cry. At 4.45 a.m., there is another message that is sent to this woman, and it states that the God of Earth has decided to spare the planet from destruction, and the end of the world has been called off 
It is because the little group sitting there all night long had spread so much light that God had saved the world from destruction. Then on the afternoon of December the 21st, newspapers were called, interviews were looked for. It was a a reversal of its previous distaste for publicity that the group began to urgently campaign to spread its message to as broad an audience as possible. This is cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance can occur with anyone when something they truly believe in actually doesn't happen. It doesn't make sense. Now, there might be a time when you have experienced a cognitive dissonance where someone tells you something and you hear the words, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't land right within your body. And you try to come up with reasons why that might not fit what you believe and what you feel inside. As a pharmacist, I couldn't figure out why so many patients would go to the doctor, pay the doctor, present their prescription to me, and then wouldn't pick it up. Or maybe if they did, they wouldn't finish the course, or that they wouldn't continue the course like it was an ongoing thing, but they wouldn't do it like twice a day, as was clinically optimal way of taking them, or three times a day, or even once a day. It just wouldn't happen. What was behind this lack of enthusiasm for getting healthy, for creating their health? We have beliefs of medicine, and these beliefs of medicine influence our health. There are current operating principles in our Western model of medical treatment. One is that disease is a pathological process where the human body goes beyond normal, biologically defined measures caused by too much of something like too much ultraviolet light, too much cholesterol. It can be caused by too little of something, too little vitamins or minerals, too little insulin. It can be caused by something that's intrinsically damaging like a bacteria or virus radiation or environmental chemicals. Another belief is that all illness has a biological cause. The third one would be that illness and disease are located in a patient's body. The fourth is that the initial cause of an illness usually comes from outside the patient's body, thereby inflicted upon them. What about treatment is by physical intervention, which means surgery and drugs, to get rid of or reduce whatever is causing the illness or disease. The fifth one would be that it's possible by medical research to find a cure for all the diseases and illness that we can get. The sixth is that doctors know about disease. They're the experts. Patients have no clue. And the seventh is that doctors deal with disease and illness. People are the patients, and the patients have the disease and the illness. Therefore, doctors deal with people. So I ask you, do you believe this is true of your belief of medicine? 
would you consider that other cultures don't believe the same thing? Other cultures believe in energy medicine. Other cultures believe in supplemental medicine. Would you ever consider that there is more that you can do for your health than you know right now? It's a favourite phrase of mine, we don't know what we don't know. And so therefore, would you ever consider opening your mind to something new? Western medicine was once the alternative. It didn't used to be very cool in the early days, a couple of hundred years ago, for your son to want to be a doctor. It was done in the depths of the darkest night. Cadavers were dug up illegally and experiments done. There was much to learn. But for your son to be a doctor in the early days, it was a pretty lowly occupation. My, how that has changed. Doctors are held in high esteem, and rightly so. Their intellect is required for an incredible amount of knowledge. Yet we don't know what we don't know. Would you consider that your mind is incredibly influential in how your body responds and vice versa? It seems that many of us think we are just heads on legs, that the, the reason that we have a body is to support our head and our head brain, that all our health from the body or the ill health from the body is actually nothing to do with our heads. Can I remind you that our heads can influence our bodies? Think of a time when you were in a scary movie, a scary movie where you are just, well, The Shining does it for me, where your heart is beating. You are ready to jump because you're ready to run because you're scared stiff. Now, your mind is taking in all that information on the screen. It's not real, though. Hate to say it, it's not real, yet your body is behaving as if it is real. So our mind can even trick our body into something that is going on. Have you ever considered that your body is not out to make your life miserable? Now, why on earth? Would a body create a condition with somebody that is going to make them miserable and sick and sad? That doesn't really make sense, does it? Why would it try to sabotage the life of the host? Have you ever considered that health is something that you have a right to? You have a right. And what is health? Is it the absence of illness, in which case we still put the focus on being sick. Health is a balance of mental, physical and spiritual forces within you, which means you actually have the ability to have it and to influence it. Are you a sheeple? Are you just like everybody else? You'll just go with the flock not thinking for yourself, not questioning what is right for you, not having an open mind. 
creating change within a body and a mind, creating change of belief, do you believe that has to be long and arduous? I know it's taken you a long time to create and manifest this belief as far as your health goes, but I just wonder, does that mean that it has to take years to undo? That's the beauty of neuroplasticity. We are a seeding mass of neurons, and neurons are able to grow and link and even unlink. And it's like wearing a well-worn path across a grassy field. The more you do as much as you can towards that new belief, the more you think about it, the more you water it, the better that track will become and the easier it is to use. The old track will become overgrown. It's not needed anymore. We have these special little things in our body called glial cells and they are there to actually trim off old neurons that are just not needed anymore. Change is possible. Could you consider that there is often a part of you that may be influencing your behaviour these days? Take, for example, the man who wants to give up smoking. He just can't do it. What is stopping him from giving up that smoking? Upon further investigation, there's a part of him that is about 15 and that 15-year-old is really concerned with giving up its individuality, its non-conforming attitude. And so that tiny part of that man who wants to give up smoking is hanging on. I've had an example of, of parts influencing my behaviour just a couple of weeks ago when I phoned a friend and asked her to help me with um, creating a video on my laptop. I was getting really frustrated and I started to not even be able to see. I was so frustrated with this technology. I knew everyone else could do it. Why couldn't I? I literally couldn't see and then I just felt this rage of frustration growing within me and it was like all the toys had to be thrown out of the cot. I told my friend I wasn't in the right space to talk to her um, as I thought I had been and I'd have to call her back. I, I let it pass. I ranted and raved at the world from, by myself for a little while and I let it pass and I thought where else have I felt that feeling because that's not a very grown up feeling. And I remembered straight away back to being seven. When I was seven, I wanted to draw, uh, draw a horse. And I had this glorious horse in my mind. All, the, all its mane was flowing as it ran across the field. And I was going to draw that, but there was absolutely no way I could get the tail right. And the frustration I was getting from not being able to draw that horse was exactly that same feeling I had and not being able to take in the instructions for um, creating this video on the laptop. My seven-year-old part of me was influencing my behaviour now. What I'm saying is that we have a part of us, and some people call it inner child work. My inner seven-year-old suddenly came up and drove my bus 
the man giving up smoking had an inner child of 15 who needed appreciating and saying thank you for not being the conformist, for not being a sheeple. Thanks for doing that, but maybe we can give up the smoking. And it doesn't mean to say we will stop um, being the non-conformist. Inner child work is really interesting. Um, it can be the secret source as to why changes can't happen. It can be that, that secret locked box of what is the health trying to get for you. I would suggest that we can believe the diagnosis. Doctors are fantastic diagnosticians. Medicines have made amazing discoveries and changed the life of many people. God, I've, I've been doing it for 30 years and I have seen changes. Yet I have seen times where people just give up because it isn't the whole answer. I've had women crying to me saying that they are taking antidepressants. What else can they do? And it's the what else part of it that I want to open your mind to. Don't be so staunch in your belief of one particular aspect of healing that closes the doors to all those others, that actually only gives you one choice. Indeed, don't even be so closed to the option of medicine that you don't even include it in how you get healthy. There are many, many, many other modalities. There's kinesiology, acupuncture, Reiki, meditation, naturopathy, colour therapy, my superpower, which is coaching, where we may or may not be talking to your inner child, the part of you that drives your behaviour. And remember, behaviour is how you do your health on the inside but it's the part of you that doesn't quite make sense. But it might fit the belief that as you get older, certain health habits might start. I hope that you are able to open your mind as a result of listening to this. Put a question mark in the front of your head and just go, well, what else is there? You can still believe what you believe. But look around you and see what else there is that kind of sounds interesting. Hmm, might give that a go. You've got nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. You have healthy life. You might just have life. But give it a go. Don't be a sheeple. Don't follow the flock. Find out what else is right for you. I'm Paula Ralph, and thanks for listening.